Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's Sports Station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller producing the program for us. Glad he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. Well, I wish it was a day without a tornado watch. Watch, yeah. Yeah, watch. Still, yeah, like even the condition, yeah. You know, there's a threat of more high winds. I think, listen, back in my day, there was a good old fashioned rule. You didn't blow the horns until a, a tornado had touched down. We've softened all the regulations. I guess everything's gotten softer. I didn't. I didn't grow up in an area where we had tornadoes. This is, you know, this is all relatively new for me. It's also because we had, we had I, one time we had like a hurricane that made its way all the way up to like Maryland, sort of, but it ended up just being a rain day. Yeah, that was always when I got to when I got to California. They found out like where I'm from. They're like, so what are tornadoes like? <laughs> I did not know that there's like this. Like if you're not from a tornado, have you area, ever spotted a tornado? Like in I've in never the flesh? seen one. No, no, only in never Twister. Been close enough. Yeah. Only in Twister. <laughs> well, you've seen the videos. Have you ever like gone on YouTube, watched some of the videos of like a? No, if, I, if I'm going to go to a dark place on YouTube, it's usually like plane crashes. <laughs> oh god, it's rather than oh. tor- both are terrible. <laughs> yeah, but plane crashes feel worse. Yeah, but they're, I don't know. They're more fascinating to me. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm proud are of it. Are there a lot of recordings oh, of plane you, crashes? Oh, oh, you can get out some small engines. Like not, we're not talking big jets. Yeah, but yeah, we're talking well, like single engine, I mean, single whatever. We don't have a ton of commercial. Okay, I mean the last yeah. the the Boeing one, which those guys should be in jail forever, <laughs> like that. <laughs> 
if you haven't watched that Netflix documentary, watch that one and think that, like, how did these guys not go to jail? Like, those, those guys were awful. But, yeah, no, you can. it's a more a lot of single-engine stuff. Okay. Well, so that's what you do when you get to a dark place. Well, if you're asking, like, of the terrible tragedy videos, I, I, I'm I, more likely to seek that out so than I am for instance, a tornado if, video. If the Grizzlies had somehow lost to the Tank Blazers last night, would you have maybe gone onto YouTube watching plane crashes? No, that's when you uh, that's when you fire up the Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> getting your feelings. Okay, all right. Well, lots to get to on today's show, uh, non airplane uh, crash or, or tornado, tornado related. Uh, Grizzlies finished up their home regular season slate last night with a win over the aforementioned tank blazers we'll get into that they're back in action tonight second night of a back-to-back at new orleans for the grizzlies you can listen to it right here on 92.9 fm espn at seven o'clock after the gabe coon show um but lots to get to on the grizzlies front with buy sell short or go to reddit on a wednesday because gosh things are still so unsettled we're debating who they should play in the playoffs you know where this team's at, you know, what's the deal with Steven Adams, what's the deal with who's playing and who's not these last few games. So lots to get to on the Grizzlies front. We'll dive into it and buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. 240 or so, we'll talk to David Cobb of CBSSports.com. He was down in Houston for the Final Four, watched UConn win the national title, uh, and is also the, what would you call him, the marshal of CBS Sports transfer portal rankings. Is that not the right word? I want to. I want like his the consigliere, like uh, nah. That's not that's not the right word. He's like the uh, arbiter, mm. the judge. Arbiter or judge are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. There you go. He is gatekeeper the gatekeeper tra- of he is the CBS portal? Sports. He is CBS transfer portal gatekeeper. I think that's a, that's that's perfect. Um, but he'll join us at 2.40 or so. We'll get his thoughts on UConn on the transfer portal. Maybe ask him about uh, Adama Sanogo, who's mm. getting all rumored uh, about being in the portal. And you know, maybe Memphis has a shot because his AAU coach is an assistant coach for Penny Hardaway and Coach K's nephew. Um, we'll, get, we'll get into that with Cobb uh, later this segment. Uh, 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Jeffrey, I know you've been you've been anticipating this. Steph Curry is not just going to be a basketball player mm, anymore. More than basketball? He's going to be a television actor. Oh, can't wait. I'll give you the details in the list. Also, uh, we've got we got the scoop on what happened at the Masters dinner last night. When li- the live guys were there, the old timers were there, the current PGA guys were there. We'll, we'll give you the deets on that as well in the list. And then uh, we'll get you ready for tonight. Grizzlies, Pelicans, Lakers, Clippers tonight. Uh, Jeffrey, you you said you felt after tonight's games in the NBA, things would start to sort them. We'd have a better feel for, okay, yeah. this is what the playoff, this is what the standings are going to look like in the Western Conference when all said and done. Um, do you still feel that way? Last yeah. night seems like it convoluted a little bit because Minnesota won and New Orleans lost. Yeah, but I still think it's Lakers won. It still Oklahoma feels City like lost again. Five through seven is going to be a combination of the California teams, and I think mm-hmm. after tonight we'll get some clarity. Okay, well uh, we'll get you ready for tonight next hour. But let's uh, start things off with a little buy sell short or go to Reddit. 
It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show, where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, let's go big picture, and then we'll go small picture on the Grizzlies, okay, as we progress here. Um, so as we mentioned last night, final home game of the regular season. Grizzlies had more trouble than you expected, came out, really yeah. took it. Well, to- not initially. Well, it, it, I think they thought, okay, if we play a good quarter and a half here, this will we'll take care of business. And I think you can make the argument that's actually what they did. Yes. Um, and then, unfortunately, the second quarter did not go well. Uh, they they blow a 19-point lead. Um, but then, you know, it's a tie game going into the third quarter. They're trailing in the – or, excuse me, going into the fourth quarter. They're trailed a little bit in the uh, third quarter. But then uh, – had a nice push in the fourth quarter. Desmond Bain played really well, had a 30-point game. Started, I believe, one of six from three-point range and then hit like his last four or last three threes, um, but was creating, was doing a lot of – he looked I, – I really think this stretch he's had here recently is the closest he's looked to what he looked like at the beginning of the season, which is a really good sign heading into the playoffs. Um but as Jaron just put it, someone asked Jaron in the locker room after the game, like, how did you guys pull that out in the fourth quarter? He's like, we started playing a little harder. Yeah, got, got a stop <laughs> like, or two. Like, like, he was just like, yeah, I guess we started switching a little more. But really, it was just like, like he said it, and Stephen Adams, like, laughed. And yeah. Actually, Stephen Adams, like, laughed as he said it. Like, it's a reminder. Oh, yeah, it's an 82-game season. Yeah. Um, but, so, yes, they have three games left in the regular season, starting tonight against the Pelicans. Friday against at Milwaukee, and then Sunday, Easter Sunday afternoon at Oklahoma City. But last night was the 50th win. Back-to-back 50-win seasons for just the second time in franchise history. Really just the sixth time in franchise history they've won 50 or more games in a regular season. Um, And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I I know they, they have not locked up the number two seed yet, but they are essentially one Sacramento loss. Or one Grizzlies win away, correct? No, one. They need two, either two wins. Oh, the magic number. The magic two. number. So, two. a combination of Grizzlies wins or Kings loss and or Kings losses of two. Gotcha. Okay, so it's not locked up yet, but you know they're going to be the two or three seed. Um, so I ask you this, Jeffrey, with three games to go, and I imagine it, I feel like you, your answer is not going to necessarily change based on how these three games go. But buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit, this has been a successful Grizzlies regular season. Mm, I'll still buy it. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest reason I think you have to buy it is, in the end, they're overwhelmingly likely to end up in the same spot they ended up last year. Mm-hmm. It definitely felt like a more dramatic route mm-hmm. to get there. But yet again, you win the division – you're likely to finish in the number two seed. There were there were bumps along the way, but most people believed this year was going to be a step back. And while in the win column, it'll probably be what it's likely to be what a, a decrease of probably five. I mean, if I mean it, either at most they can f- be three games short of last year. They won fifty six last year, right? So somewhere between four or five. But you didn't give up any ground. Mm-hmm. In terms of where you are in the league, and, and I and I think there's also I think to add into that is in terms of you didn't give up any ground because the rest of the conference feels a little more flawed than last year. It feels like I I think you 
wouldn't you say you feel like they have a kind of the same sort of shot to win a title this year, maybe even a little better shot to like come out of the West than they did a year ago when they finished second? I actually feel it's this weird reality where I feel like they have a better chance of making the Western Conference Finals this year than they did last year, mm-hmm. but I also feel like they have a better chance of getting bounced in the first round. Mm. But I think that speaks more to the it's state. kind of emblematic of the season. I mean, it's been much a lot more highs and low. You know, it you know. Well, I but, mean, I think it speaks to what we're talking about the standings in general. Yeah, like if I tell you, you're getting New Orleans then Sacramento in the playoffs. You feel man, that's pretty right. good. Pretty good path. And then if I tell you, you get the Lakers with a fully healthy LeBron and AD in the first round. I mean, you're the one that's pointed out, like, yeah. they've never lost a series like that. and When they've been healthy. Correct. When they've played the whole series. But I mean, what? They, the, are we just going to throw away the years they didn't make the playoffs? Like, is that what we're throwing yeah. in the trash? Saying, I yeah. said playoff mm-hmm. series. Yeah, okay. Play- but they didn't make the playoffs partly because injuries. Yeah, and a flawed roster. Yeah, but, like, if AD plays the whole season last year, they I'm not saying they're, like, the, they win the Western Conference or anything, but they would have made the playoffs. Right, I agree with you on that. I also would agree. Maybe the guy that's injury-prone every single year, maybe yeah. expecting him. I think it's I'll well, say even seen, I think it's perfectly fitting the way that they won their asterisk title. Mm. It was in the bubble in a concentrated period of time. Like, LeBron can focus up, and then you can just kind of go pedal to the metal. It's... It seems to be the the length of the season gets to them. Mm. And that's kind of, it's honestly kind of what they're doing right now. It's like, all right, we're turning it on now. Yeah. Now they clinched a play-in spot last night. Yeah, they had to do too many minutes. Mm. They had to go to OT. Too many minutes, according to Bron Bron. Well, um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to short this. All right. Because I think there are going to be a lot of people especially outside of Memphis, who look at what has happened with the Grizzlies this year, how dramatic it's been, as you put it, and go, you know, this team, you know, like I don't think a lot of people have a ton of faith in the Grizzlies right now to make a run in the Western Conference. Yeah, I agree with you, but I also think that I think the same holds true for Denver. Mm -hmm. I think the same holds true for Sacramento. It seems like... Yeah, but with Denver and Sacramento, you can make the argument, though, that they took, like, I mean, based on just the win totals and what have you. Now, Denver's is more obvious. It's Jamal Murray came back and wasn't there last year. But, like, you know, Denver went from being, what were they with Jokic last year? Like, the sixth seed when it was just him? They were the five. But now they're the, they're the one seed in, in the Western Conference. Sacramento's going from, you know, not making the playoffs for a generation, essentially, um, they were the six, you're correct. Yeah, to making the playoffs as the three seed. So, like, you can, in terms of, like, did they have a successful season, you can just point to last year and go, uh, yeah, it was a successful regular right. season. I'm fine with that, but I thought the point that you're making is, in general, the way that the consigliere are mm-hmm. viewing the Grizzlies. I think they I don't think that's the right word. That's like, consigliere is like the advisor to the, to the, uh, to the uh, godfather. Yeah, no, you know? it's. It's like you're right naughty. Hand. What's the cognoscenti? Cognoscenti. That's cognoscenti. the one. There you go. I nailed yeah. it. Um, according to according to the experts, if you will, the peanut gallery, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and the and Denver are kind of in the same bucket where everyone's like, prove it. Yeah. And the Denver gets more benefit of the doubt, and I think the Grizzlies get more benefit of the doubt than the Kings. But they, 
it does feel like more more quote unquote experts are going to have faith in Phoenix and potentially Golden, Golden State. State and then even the Lakers. I think even the Lakers. Yeah. Um I look at it though, the fact that it's been much more turbulent this year than it was last year and yet here we are on the other end of it and they're going to probably win what 52 games, 50, you know, something like that this year. Well, we know they're winning at least 50. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to win it. They're going to have back-to-back 50 win seasons for the second time in franchise history even though Jaron Jackson Jr. missed the first 14 games. Desmond Bain, literally the moment Jaron Jackson Jr. came back, missed the next 17 games. Steven Adams has now missed three months, right? Middle of January? Yeah. Yeah, three months. Brandon Clark's missed a month and counting? Uh, Yes, a month and a day. You had just one, I, I think, obviously the reckoning jaw went through a month ago with all the controversy surrounding him. But I think you could make the argument all that time from judging from what Taylor Jenkins and some of the players said, like really kind of wasn't all there, if you will, on road trips most of the season this year. You know, you're going through that. Ja, you know, figuring out who he is as a superstar, so to speak. Um, And yet, you know, here you are, as you put it, right in position, really the same position you were in a year ago. And because of the flaws of the rest of the conference, you know, feeling like I I certainly think, I think I feel more, I don't, I'm not confident that they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals, but I think I'm more confident than I was going into last year's playoffs. That's, yeah, that's kind of where I am. And so I I think a, a lot of people will look at it from afar and go with all that stuff, you know, the stuff with Ja, the injuries, the the record being a little bit you know down from last year, I think they're going to go. Eh, it was like kind of like a whatever se- regular season, and ultimately, let's be very clear here. No one is going to remember this team for its regular season, good or bad. Like if no, you're down I- on their regular season, it's all going to be bit, your opinion of this team is going to be formed by what they do in the playoffs. But I also think that or not formed, I should say cemented, if you will. Like, your your opinion is going to be based on what they do in the playoffs. I think that holds true for everyone, though. Like, I don't they, know. Sacramento, for instance. I know. Yeah, if they lose to Golden State or one of the L.A. teams in the first round. I think you're still going to sit there and go, they were a good regular season team because they stayed healthy. Yeah, but because they had been down so long, that is undoubtedly. Like, you can't take that away from that. I, the, I'm not, but what I'm saying is, like, I think in general, this is, like, this is the problem with the NBA now. It is entirely going to be defined by the postseason. Yeah, I still I think, think I, get, I think like, Sacramento, a team like Sacramento, is an exception to that. Like, yeah, it would be, I guess, a little bit of a you'd be you'd be disappointed in the moment if they lose in the first round and you're a Kings fan. But like, I think if you're a Kings fan and you've gone whatever it was, 17 years without a playoff team, ain't nothing going to convince me if I'm a Kings fan that this wasn't a successful season, right? But what I guess what I'm saying is I feel as if the regular season is viewed as a completely different entity. Yeah. And it's 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 now reached the point where it's like Well, it's uh, that team was built for the regular season or that well, team is not built for the it, playoffs. It's come up with this new CBA where, you know, you're only you gotta play sixty five games to be up for awards and it's, you know, 
Steve Kerr's come out and said, you know, I was hoping this new CBA would decrease the number of games we play each year. And we're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> tell your story. Yeah. And we're talking about you oh, know, he's load- such a blowhard. Oh, he's such a blowhard. Do you really believe in your heart of hearts that Steve Kerr thought that was on the table? No, but I, I appreciate that he's at least saying it out loud. No one else is willing to say that type of stuff out loud. Okay. That's fine, but like I was really hoping that's what they were. That's the right answer. That's the right answer right, to everything we, as, that, that ills we, the NBA, but it won't happen. Correct. It, it won't happen. It, it, neither And let's be clear we are it's neither side will ultimately allow it to happen because both sides, the players and the owners, no, will lose money. Well, no, the owners will go, that's fine if you want to cut it to 72 games. Your contracts will be prorated. Yeah. Like, no, but both sides would yeah. would be against it, is it, are against it. It's not going to happen ultimately. Um, but. You know, we're talking about load management and, and those sorts of things, um, and that changes the complexion of the season. And it's interesting for our next buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit, Jeffrey, what the Grizzlies are doing uh, here this week. So last night you had Dylan out with right hip soreness. And my assumption – You know what I mean. My assumption well, – yeah, look, hips look pretty good yeah. dancing in the yeah. pregame routine that he usually, usually does. My assumption was, okay – He's sitting, and like the other regulars will sit tonight. Well, the injury report's out. Xavier Tillman's questionable like he was last night with ankle soreness. And doubtful are Luke Kennard and John Morant. And then no one else. And then the, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, the usuals are listed out. So Bain and Jaron. Adams, ja- Clark, Laravio, uh, Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams. Um, Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. will play tonight, and Dylan Brooks will play tonight. And no John Mar- so Your starting lineup is likely... Tyus, Dez, Dylan, Santi, Jaron? Or maybe oh, no, Jaron, Jaron Tillman? T- Jaron Tillman, probably. I don't know. I'm actually buying Tillman being questionable. He didn't look well, right. Remember, he, tweaked, he did tweak his yeah. ankle in the Bulls game, was it? Yes. I think? Yes. Yeah, Sunday. He, he did tweak the ankle then, and he didn't look great last night. Um, so maybe he sits too, but although you're playing against Jonas, you know, that's going to be a, you need, yeah, you're going to need, yeah, you're going to need those six fouls. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I, I give you our next buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit related to the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain shouldn't play tonight against New Orleans. You should just go full, full load management tonight. So the funny thing is. To me, it's it's ironic that this is a deal. Like, this is actually a question. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sell it. Mm. And the biggest reason I'm going to sell it is I think that this shows that they're, they're trying to be serious about let's go get the two because of the three remaining games, mm-hmm. again, we don't expect it or we don't expect. Milwaukee's not going to have anything to play for on Friday. They still technically haven't clinched, but by Friday, by it's Friday, fine. they're Correct. Up, they're three up with three to go. Correct. They're they're probably not going to have anything to play for on Friday. I, now, my question is: Do they remember? Are they thinking about the forty point shellacking they took here at all? Does that factor into it? That it, like, no. See, I, you know what I think factors into this. I think last Wednesday factored into this. I think the way that they sat everyone. And it was just so obvious they could not get stops. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, let's be real. Like, I thought they, quote-unquote, played hard. But, I mean, 
Mark, See, they I, were literally the the Clippers got whatever they wanted. Like that was the only time the Clippers didn't score yeah. was if they shockingly missed a shot or threw the ball away. No, I think you're right. I think it's it's twofold. I think I think this is a strategic way. Like I wouldn't be surprised, for instance, if maybe on Friday, especially if you win tonight, like maybe Friday you sit. Maybe you're like you're spacing out these sits. Like you know, and everyone's D- gonna play Sunday. Dylan sat last, the, 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 or maybe it's the opposite of that. Maybe it's Friday everyone plays, and then Sunday some more. I think Sunday is when everyone's gonna sit again because I don't. There, you could talk I'd, me into because they're basically gonna have a week off though. Yeah. You could talk me into. Yeah, but what's the difference between Friday and Sunday? Well, the Sunday. And I mean, part of it depends Sunday on, on the Bucks short, play. It's yes. Sunday on short rest because it's an afternoon game. My my gut tells me they're going to play. That we'll see everyone against Milwaukee because they by the Oklahoma City game. I think they're going to by the last game of the year. I think they're going to have wrapped up the two seed, and so I don't think you're going to force the issue there. Um, and frankly, like. Don't, wouldn't you rather have Oklahoma City in the playoffs than uh, Dallas, anyways? And like they're probably. I be- see. No, I don't care. Yeah, you one don't way because I think Dallas is literally such a mess. Like I don't think Kyrie's getting enough credit for his for literally it, painting a it masterpiece. Sound, it sounds like though it's like a classic. Like yes, Kyrie has not. Kyrie, it's like a. Kyrie they were, is they like, were flawed to begin with. They put a termite into a co- into a house that was already Correct. coming, you know, coming apart. Add at wood the damage, yes, yeah. Like they, 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 so. But the I don't, people I don't, that, to say it's the termites' fault, right? But also, they are playing significantly worse with Kyrie than they are without. When they yeah. before they got it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's just. But wild. I mean that. I mean, we could talk about it last night. I stand by when you tweeted out. Has anyone had a better post trade deadline? Than Kennard, and the answer one thousand percent has to be Durant. Mm. You think even though he hasn't really played for them that no. much? Think about it this way: as soon as Durant got to Phoenix, everyone's like, "There's your favorite." Mm. And he got rid of Kyrie. Yeah. And no, Durant not even got- better. He got someone else to break up with Kyrie with him because Kyrie seems to have this weird hold on other NBA players where they seem to like him a lot more than other human beings. Seem to I like think there's Kyrie. a lot of respect for his game, but they seem to personally like him, mm-hmm. and so you probably know I've got to get out of this relationship, but mm. I don't want to be the one that breaks it up. Mm. Durant got someone to break up with Kyrie for him, mm. and it also makes Durant look even better because as soon, even though they sent him to a better team, mm-hmm. but it's like as soon as Durant gets there, this team's a title contender. Yeah, and okay. Kyrie's going to miss the playoffs. Okay, I can I, I certainly can hear that hear that. Uh... But the biggest part, someone else got to break up with. You don't have to deal with crazy Kyrie. Yeah. Imagine if you're dating the crazy girl and you, someone else could just break up with her for you. Like that would have been the best. Like part of staying in a toxic relationship, you're afraid of the consequences. Yeah. On the Jaron and Bane question, I, I think I'm selling this too, just because I think this seems like a reasonable approach. Dylan sits last night. Um, John Canard, you know, Canard's played a lot of minutes here lately. Ja. You know they've they've said because he missed all that you missed the two three weeks they didn't want to push him too hard you know this is kind of goes in line with their return to play protocol mm. um, and so uh, he uh, you know they don't play guys who are coming back from injuries on back to backs initially and that's what they're doing here with Job feels like I'm I'm just with you I think I think what we're seeing is there's probably going to be a staggered approach rather than do the move that they did last Wednesday. 
where it was jarring and they sat everybody. Yeah, just sit, sit out a couple guys yeah, here. Sit and two there. here, sit two there. Yes. Yeah. So um will be interesting. We'll give you more on that uh game later tonight, uh later in the show. Um all right, last buy sell short or go to Reddit. Or I guess maybe not the last. We'll see how much time we have. So Taylor Jenkins gave an update on Steven Adams last night before the game. Sort of an update, a non-update update. Let's so Jenkins update. He confirmed. So in the morning, Adams was at the shoot around when they opened it up, which is and was like in the same uniform, if you will, as all the other players, as if he had taken part in some form of the shoot around. Play groups? I don't think he's at play groups yet. I think so. I think certainly was, not this, five on five. This was individual work, probably. Indo? Yeah, you know, yeah. This was like the vitamins. Mm. You know, like maybe getting. Some, he might have got. He might have been getting some vitamins I need, yesterday. I need Taylor to just go full football coach mm-hmm. and just start calling it, instead of vitamins. Indo, <laughs> Indo. Period. Well, apparently, I was told last night that someone in a visiting market a couple weeks ago he like dropped vitamins, you know, mm-hmm. and like someone actually was like, "What the hell? Are you, what is vitamins? What are you talking about?" And he had to explain it. Well. Like we've all just come to accept it as like this is his term for if doing, I, you know listen individual work. If I worked harder, I would actually take the Taylor Jenkins glossary that's up in my head that's a masterpiece yeah. and put it to paper. Mm-hmm. But again, that's kind of a lot of work. I, Perhaps if he wins a title in the off season, yeah, maybe we will yeah, do the, it. <laughs> we will do it. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. If we're looking for something for the show, I might find. I might hire someone to dictate it to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so he was asked about. Stephen Adams, and he confirmed that he got an, he got the follow up MRI that had been alluded to last week. S- Stephen Adams got the MRI, and the way Taylor Jenkins phrased it was: "There's multiple little details. One, this week is the beginning is like the beginning of the evaluation period. Two, they'll have more. They'll have an update at the end of the week, is how he phrased it. So this is the beginning of the evaluation period." And then the ramp-up period will start. Or maybe it started a little bit now, but... Wait, it, wait, I thought you said there was something about other opinions. Yes, well, that's what I'm going to add in. Okay. He also said... Maybe lead with that next time. The reason why they are waiting till the end of the week to give a, an update is because they are sending out, essentially sending out the MRI... To other to get other to other doctors, if you will, like he's got the specialist out in L.A. that he saw a month ago. I don't know who else he was referencing there, but um, basically sending the MRI out to people beyond the Grizzlies medical staff. But that they'll have more of an update on at the end of the week, and um, this is the beginning. This week is the evaluation period, if you will. Um, so buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Based on what I just told you, what Taylor Jenkins said about Steven Adams yesterday was encouraging. All right. I think I want to short this. What? And I'll also. So I did not know. I operated because Jeff asked me a version of this this morning. And I was like, well, I did not hear the getting multiple opinions. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll elaborate in a minute why I think that that was a big deal. But I was also under the impression when y'all were at shoot-around yesterday, mm-hmm. the post-practice availability, mm-hmm. I was under the impression that they've already like they've already cleared off the MRI and there was a lot of growing optimism that Steven Adams is playing. The reason I want to short this, again, maybe this is just the ultra-conservative, we want to see 
every we want every doctor that Steven has seen to sign off mm-hmm. on this. And to be fair, like the LA doctor is apparently the one who said like He's the one Rest. that shut it down. Shut it down yeah. again. Yes. You know, after because he had been trending and then he went they went to like go and check up and he's like, mm. Well, I'm I'm sure he was not it wasn't feeling quite right yeah, either. I, I'm with you. Also. But he was also the one that recommended the whatever, the platelets. Yeah, the P yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the the platelet so, for injection. Yeah. Plasma, whatever it is. Yeah. PRP. But right? there's one Isn't thing called? there's one thing that I do know, particularly about sports injuries. Mm-hmm. When you go to get other opinions, mm-hmm. it's because the first opinion wasn't the one you wanted. Mm. Mm. So that's not just confirmation of that opinion. No, usually when you get, and again, I'm willing to say I can, if someone wants to present the case, listen, they're trying to be ultra conservative because there was maybe a they're, disagreement of opinions to begin with. And they were and, a little, maybe, and they don't want to go, they don't want, they don't want what happened just three, four weeks ago to happen. Correct. Again. But typically when you go to get other opinions, that's to, it's not to confirm. It's usually to get a dissenting opinion. Yeah. I'm going to sell on this. Just straight sell. Like, I didn't find it very encouraging. I, I think it's like, I, I think I think they're hoping he's going to be available for the playoffs. If, you know, can he be ready for the playoffs if he starts practicing on whatever, Monday or Tuesday next week? Because that's what I think, that's where I think we're at. You know, like he's going to be like, that's when the true ramp up can really begin once the season ends. Um, so I didn't take it as discouraging, but I didn't take it as encouraging. So that's why I'm selling it. Like, I'm still just as unsure about him playing in game one of the playoffs as I was before Taylor Jenkins spoke. Yeah. I guess if you want to like go true Pollyanna. At least they didn't shut it down. Man, you got some big words today, Pollyanna. I gotta look that up. What does that mean? That's uh, that's from my old boss. Like it's it's the the pot excessively like, cheerful yeah, or optimistic. It's, it's it's what he okay. used to like. Neil you, Neil still uses Pollyanna as like the fans that just want to read good news. Mm. The you know what I mean, like in the Pollyanna. I like that. Yeah, kind of like. No, that. it's a good term. Um, there's a reason I, I adopted it from, but. At least they didn't shut it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, that's what I'd say. I'm not saying it's by selling this. I'm not saying it's discouraging. But it certainly was not encouraging. I just didn't come away encouraged. Like, oh yeah, he's bad. He's coming. He's definitely bad. Because to me, encouraging would have been all right. I feel good about him playing game one. Yeah, we're we're excited. We're ramping up, and we're excited to see him in the playoffs. And that that was not what we got yesterday. Correct. It doesn't mean by Friday maybe we'll get that. And again, they're notoriously. They play it close to the vest on injuries, but mm-hmm. I agree. I do not think there's any way that you can say it was an encouraging statement. Yeah. By the way, that jaw dunk last night, holy cow. Vicious. I did also love. It was, although people here, and I feel like it was overlooked that, like, literally Shaden Sharp came right back the down the court and got, like, yeah. a huge dunk no, but of the, his own. I actually, I was thinking about this last night because – it Which was literally. Ja explained it. It was in my. It's in my column at commercialpill.com. Ja explained it. He he screamed after he dunked it because he thought he had gotten fouled. and He thought he heard a whistle. A whistle, and then realized as he was, you know, the fans were yelling at him that their play, their play was going on down court. That might have been to tell your story. <laughs> I, again, yeah. I'm not saying that maybe he didn't, but we he already, said he apologized to Taylor Jenkins for it. 
because he, he was I, late coming I down the court. I also understand wanting to maybe take a moment to admire the work. Yeah, I was okay with it. Uh, yeah, it I was okay. With I, it. I'm fine with it. But I did love how immediately Shaden Sharp goes down with the rebuttal dunk. Mm-hmm. And I put out on Twitter, I was like, we're just going to ignore that, right? <laughs> and like the first four replies are, what dunk? <laughs> then somebody was in the arena. He's like, we didn't see it because we were too busy Everyone looking at the video, at, yeah. bo- the video board. I had this realization, though, because of that. I'm convinced 90% of the crap you get on social media, mm-hmm. I'm convinced that about 90% of it doesn't come from people that follow you. I mm. think usually when people, like, because I've decided, like, most of the time when I consider Twitter a fun experience, when everyone's kind of just joking with one another and, like, enjoying it, usually it's the people that are kind of with you. It's most of the time what makes the social media experience horrific is when you get people flying in. Because usually people don't fly in to congratulate you. Usually people <laughs> fly in to, because they got, they're going to hashtag check you. Yeah. Like, I, because, like, everyone had the same joke and it was great. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in. But, yeah, that, I, I think that Ja might have heard that whistle in the same way that he heard those those fans on the sidelines that might have been chirping. Come on. Don't don't besmirch John Morant. Hasn't he been through enough? What game? Was it a tournament game? Some guy, I think it was a tournament game, some guy threw down a dunk, and I've never seen, maybe it was Gonzaga, maybe it was Timmy. Someone threw a dunk down in the tournament, and Mark, they went the entire defensive possession still flexing. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> like, held the flex all the way through defensive positioning. Was his name David Cobb? No, but I need to see. I need to look that up. And I'll ask Cobb back because I guarantee Cobb remembers it too. Okay. It was one of those ones where it's like, oh, my God. He literally is still flexing. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Arizona we'll- State. Feels like an Arizona State move. Okay. Wow. They so, rack a discipline. <laughs> that was a, so a play-in guy. Right? Oh, well, no, because they made. I think it was the Gonzaga. I think it was Arizona State against. No, TCU. Maybe, maybe okay. is the Arizona State TCU game. Okay, we'll have to get. Well, we'll have to get to the bottom of it with David Cobb. We're going to switch course to college basketball. Talk some hoops with David Cobb of CBSSports.com next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. There's no better time to hit the court for some exciting college, or beg your pardon, some exciting basketball action. Download the BetMGM app today and bet with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 years or older and you must be in Tennessee. Visit BetMGM.com for full list of terms and conditions for problem gambling support. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. David Cobb writes about college football and basketball for CBS Sports, former Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. He's on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, what's it like watching college basketball in a, what is it, a 70,000-seat dome? <laughs> uh, hey, I can't complain because Yeah, my you seat seem to was, have good seats. <laughs> yes, my seat was incredible. And I actually made this remark yesterday. I understand why, for the average fan, the dome experience is less than stellar. But let me tell you, if you ever have a chance to be courtside at a Final Four... <laughs> Would recommend. <laughs> yes, it's incredible. I mean, genuinely, they dim the lights uh, prior to the anthem, and I just looked around and just couldn't believe it. Like... The massiveness of it is just difficult to even comprehend or explain, and uh, so grateful to have been there for my first Final Four this week. But but yes, if I were paying $75 to sit in the 300 level, I might have a different perspective on uh, Final Fours played inside of a dome. It's funny that you mentioned that, because last week uh, my wife and I went to the Grizzlies game, and she was remarking, she's like, would you even really want to sit on the hardwood? She's like, it, it feels like that would just be so stressful. I, I go, honey, I have, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like, it is amazing. Like, you you are just... You In can, terms of viewer experience yes, at a live incredible. sporting event, I think basketball courtside seats are the best. Because the closer you are in football, it's worse. Yeah. Because then it just looks... Hockey, like, same thing. It's, but... There's like a sweet eh, spot. You don't want to be... Behind the plate, behind the plate, first row is pretty, pretty good, too. Yeah, that's good. I still think courtside in an NBA game is better. Because you're even closer. Yeah. yeah. That's the closest yeah. you are to the action. One of the best parts about being on the Grizzlies beat, too. They're one of the few yeah. in the league who still have their beat writers courtside. So I miss mm-hmm. that. Uh, yep. Travel in the league, there's only a couple of other arenas that, that uh, have uh, writers courtside. So it's it's a dwindling uh, thing in, in sports because all those seats are going to the, the big money boosters in college or obviously the yeah. professional ranks. You know, those are your high-dollar tickets in Memphis. I mean, not uncommon even even in Memphis in, in a small market to see uh, B-list celebrities hanging around the courtside seats. So, uh, yes, immensely grateful for, for the opportunity, uh, no doubt. It was incredible. Yeah, to be clear, I've never bought the seats. I've, <laughs> yeah, to, to, to be totally clear, they, it was always I knew someone that had the seats. But, yeah, no, yeah. Would, would recommend. All right, so we've tried to – we've been determining what we're going to label you as. I think we're going with you're the gatekeeper of the transfer portal. How do you like that? Uh, of CBSSports.com's yes. transfer portal you are, rankings. You are the gatekeeper of the transfer portal for CBS Sports. I'm going to re- rephrase I, it for him. I don't even know how it happened, but a few years ago when transferring really proliferated, I was early in my tenure on the job, and nobody else had really claimed it as like a responsibility. Yeah. And I just said, hey, do you guys want me to rank the <laughs> I'll get those page views. Yeah, and here we are. This is now my fourth offseason, and it's like just continued to grow into this rather significant responsibility, uh, especially once the season ends and you're kind of looking for that downtime. But uh, 
Yeah, it's a lot to stay on top of, no doubt. But I, the thing I like about it is that it helps educate me on rosters for the next season because if you're not actively tracking or writing about or, or following the transfers on a macro level across the sport, you kind of wake up in August or September and are like, whoa, what happened here? Like, the, the Kirk Creesa plays for West Virginia now, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's actually a great way to sort of uh, stay up to date on, on the biggest uh, – acquisitions to be quite honest it's more important than than high school recruiting as we've covered so uh i enjoy it it's actually a great way to to stay plugged in on everything going around on around college basketball that's actually a really good point because mark and i yesterday with tim murray we were discussing how you know when it it, we get the people i would much rather have your responsibility of transfer portal than being the person that has to come up with the rankings for next year way too early top 25 you know i mean like because we don't know about the rosters I do yeah, actually think, yeah. like in a, I, I think in a nice way, this, I think you you are going to be more prepared. I feel like come August than probably anyone else. Yes, and I can do college basketball transfer rankings. I couldn't do high school prospect rankings yeah. because I haven't seen them in person. I would just be going off of huddle tape or you know whatever. Like there's a reason why there are industry experts who do the high school rankings. But I feel at least fairly qualified to do the college basketball transfer rankings because I watch college basketball all year long. And then as these years have gone on, I've started to get a, a better feel for uh, who translates. You know, what, what leagues translate yeah. up, right? You know, does the Southland Conference uh, transfer who put up big numbers translate as well to the Power Six leagues? The answer is no. You've you got to look more towards the, the A-10, the Missouri Valley uh, leagues like that to get – uh, higher impact on on the next level. So it's it's a uh, it's a process that nobody has nailed, not even the coaches. Uh, but obviously, it's one that's become just so incredibly important. Well, so looking at your list now, it's been it, since we last spoke to you about all this. Some big big names have entered the portal. Your number one is Hunter Dickinson from Michigan. Apparently, had Zoom calls with Kentucky and Arkansas today. Um, is that Maryland smoke going away? Uh, I think Maryland I think fans it's going have going away. Yeah, because they it's, hired a Dematha assistant who. who no, no, who Dematha, his head coach, his head coach. Yeah, it's yeah. his head coach, his former head coach at Dematha. So I think I think Maryland will be in the mix there too. Max Asmus, the Oral Roberts star, he's number two on your list. He just entered this week after his coach became the Wichita State coach. Uh, even though I think Wichita State will probably try to get him, my sense is he's going to go to a big time Power Five school. Um, you still have Kalel Ware at number three who Memphis has contacted, the Oregon five-star. L.J. Cryer from Baylor at number four. Tremont Mark, the Houston uh, wing, who Memphis fans might be familiar. The guy, he hit that, he hit the half-court shot. Right? I thought it's Tremont. I don't know why I thought it was Tremont. Yeah, Tremont Mark. Um, he's also going through the pre-draft process. Uh, so that's your top five other big names that have entered recently. Ace Baldwin, the point guard from VCU, who Memphis didn't actually play when they played VCU. He was hurt. Um, and then uh, trying to see who else. Well, uh, I need to get Jaden Bradley in there from Alabama. Uh, okay, I, I, I got to consider Tyler Perry from North Texas as well. Again, two more guards who mm-hmm. very well could end up on this list. I uh, got updated at least once more uh, today. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tyler Perry's the Conference USA Player of the Year at North Texas this past year. For sure, the, the names are good. The names are, are improving every every time we talk about them. Um, the, yeah. the quality of player in there. And we're we're starting to see some commits, but not not like what we'll see after 
the draft declaration deadline passes and, and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of moving, moving parts still for sure. Yeah. Um, what do you make of uh, Caleb Mills? He's the latest name who was uh, listed as taking a visit to Memphis this week. Uh, the former Houston guard, former Florida state guard most recently. What did you, what do you, what do you know about him? What have you seen from him uh, over these past couple years of Florida state? Yeah, he's clinging on the back end of the list at 26. Uh, former former AAC preseason player of the year, believe it or yeah. not. He was yeah, he was I, he came in at the same time as Marcus Sasser and was viewed as like he was the better player as a freshman. Yes, yeah, he averaged I think it was 13 points a game as a freshman, and then was a little dinged up to start that second season. Ended up transferring midseason, goes to Florida State. And at the time, that seemed like a huge pickup for the Seminoles, but they've had a couple of bad years uh, with him in the lineup. Yet Caleb Mills still has managed to produce, even in a Florida State offensive system that hasn't been very good, and in a scheme with Leonard Hamilton that typically you see Florida State uh, hardly have uh, two double-figure scores, right, because they're so deep, they're, they're so defensive-oriented, it's, it's pretty common to see a Florida State offensive players put up underwhelming numbers and yet in that system Mills has still produced so I think he's he's an interesting prospect but I do have questions about why he's going to be on his third school uh, I think there's some homework probably to be done there by teams who are interested in him but just on the surface level yes he could absolutely come in uh, and produce for, for a school like Memphis uh, maybe not at a Kendrick Davis level of course but uh, he's he's shown it at, at two really good programs now that that he can be an offensive spark. All right, let's switch let's switch gears to the the national champions, the newly crowned national champions. UConn, you wrote an interesting story after post game, if you will, about the reality that while UConn, in theory, only has one guy who's run out of eligibility from this team, the truth is even a national champion is not immune from the forces of college basketball, if you will. You know, no one, no one can avoid the gatekeeper of the transfer portal rankings, if you will. Um, and like death, he comes for us all. <laughs> um, and a name that's, you know, a name that's being mentioned around here uh, because of a connection to the coaching staff at Memphis is, is Adama Sonogo. Uh, the, the 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 kind of the star of the NCAA tournament, the most outstanding, most outstanding player, which I still, why are we not, Calling it MVP is it because like they trademarked it? I, I don't know, but regardless, he has not entered the portal yet. Um, I, I'm curious though what you think of, you know, what you think of, you know, you wrote that story. Obviously, what, what did you make of what Dan Hurley said about it, and sort of uh, what the situation is at UConn, being up close with them there in Houston? Yeah, there's a, a lot of buzz, uh, rumors, uncertainty around how they handle the Sonogo Klingon situation moving forward. Two of the best centers in college basketball on the same roster. Similar in some ways to Travion Williams and Zach Eady being a part of the same Purdue team last season, where you have two of the best front court players in the nation, but it's really difficult to use them together. And Sonogo and Klingon played less than 8% of their possessions together this season for UConn and, and were I don't know if they were used uh, at all together in the NCAA tournament. So it puts Dan Hurley in a difficult position because you know Klingon, if he doesn't go to the draft, is going to be looking for a larger role and it is deserving of one because he would be, uh, I think, a walking double-double, a clear All-American type of candidate 
potential national shot block leader, certainly the Big East shot block leader if he plays more than 13 minutes a game, yet you have the Final Four's most outstanding player uh, on your team. And, and the hard part is neither one of them are surefire, like absolute lock first-round draft picks just because of the way the NBA is now and the way that centers are viewed and valued. So in the olden days, it would have been easy. Sonogo would have gone to the draft after this season and you would have had 30 minutes a game for Klingon next year. That's not the case for Dan Hurley right now. So the the idea of Sonogo maybe entering the transfer portal would be wild uh, to, to some folks, and, and it will send shockwaves through the sport if it happens. But if it happens, um, that's why, is because there's this dynamic that Hurley has to manage uh, between having two of the, the best centers in the game on his roster next season, and that's only complicated by NIL stuff and, and what have you. So, uh, there's a scenario I could see where, where both of those guys end up bouncing or, or going to the draft or, or whatever, or where one of them ends up transferring. Uh, I just think it, it, it's probably a big ask uh, for UConn fans to expect both of them to come back next season. And, and that's going to be surprising or disappointing uh, maybe to some college basketball fans if that's the way it shakes out. But in this day and age, uh, it's, it's going to be really difficult to keep both of those mouths fed, both from an NIL perspective and from a playing time perspective isn't there is there an arizona state guy that was at auburn <laughs> oh they're going to the flexing oh guy. no i was trying to remember Cobb. you may not remember there was one cambridge. of the games was it cambridge there was someone that threw a dunk down in the first weekend and i'm pretty sure it was arizona state and the kid flexed the entire way down the floor like as he was going to get into his defensive stance he was still flexing i'm pretty <laughs> sure it was cambridge yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's there's definitely a Cambridge who started at Auburn and went to uh, Arizona State. I yeah. think though this was a similar situation where Pearl, Pearl had, who else was on the? There was another guy. They basically played the same position, and neither was going to get more than you know. No, neither was going to play over one another. I, I feel like that is what happens to even the best teams. Like you know, if you're going to recruit at a high level, there's only going to be so many minutes, and if somebody wants to get you know 30 minutes a game, it's probably going to be elsewhere. Yes, and further complicating. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.